بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد Continuing with our series this is حكم حكمة number 255 ابن عطاء الله الإسكندري رحمه الله he says أشهدك من قبل أن يستشهدك أشهدك من قبل أن يستشهدك فنطقت بإلهيته الظواهر وتحققت بأحديته القلوب والسرائر This one is uh, slightly more deeper and profound than some of the previous ones we've read He says that he, Allah, made you witness before he asked you to give witness. He made you witness before he asked you to give witness. Thus, the outer faculties speak of his divinity while the heart and the innermost consciousness have realized his unity. That takes a while too. Essentially what he's saying is that before he told us to bear witness that he is one That's generally as we're growing up and we start to become old enough to be able to understand the good and bad What's right and what's wrong And then we become mature, then we become responsible And at that point it becomes necessary for us to bear witness to Allah's oneness so what he's saying is that he already made you witness before he asked you to give this witness. So before we reach that stage where we are right now, where we have to give witness, before that, while we were children, and even before that, he already made us witness it. That witness that Allah is there. Does anybody remember that? So that's what this discussion is about. He made you witness already before he asked you to bear witness therefore now this part is a bit more complex therefore the outer faculties the outer faculties speak about Allah's divinity while the heart and the innermost consciousness have already realized his oneness from before so there's something there's a background to this otherwise you won't understand this there's a background to this so again, he made you witness before he asked you to give witness. Thus the outer faculties speak of his divinity. So when we bow down for prayer, when we prostrate, those are outer faculties. That is bearing witness that Allah is our Lord, is Allah is God. So all of these are doing this while the heart and the innermost consciousness have already realized his unity. So that's why he said, أَشْهَدَكَ مِنْ قَبْلِ أَنْ يَسْتَشْهِدَكَ فَنَطَقَتْ بِإِلَهِيَّتِهِ الظَّوَاهِرِ وَتَحَقَّقَتْ بِأَحَدِيَّتِهِ الْقُلُوبُ وَالسَّرَائِرِ So let's try to understand that a bit more. So it all goes back to our spirit, our soul and our ruh. Because that was created before anything else. So before this world was created with our bodies, our bodies obviously come from the embryo and then our body grows and when we're in the stomach at around 120 days our ruh 
which is somewhere else, comes and becomes attached to this body. So for the first 120 or so days, the body is just the body, there's no ruh in there. Then the ruh, the spirit, becomes associated with our body in our mother's wombs and stomach. And then we grow like that. So we become ruh, soul, spirit and body together. And then we come into this world. So our body is clearly created after the, after the fluid meets the egg. That's the body, that's the physical body part. But the ruh has been existent from before. The ruh was created when Adam salam was created. Because when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Adam salam, He then had everybody that was to come from him, all of their souls, created and then be in front of him. And then he asked them, aren't I your Lord? And they all said, well, of course you are. They didn't know anything else. They only knew the reality. They hadn't been polluted or manipulated or changed or confused in any way. So they're like, yes, of course. So that's the genetics, if you want to call it that. Something even more deeper than that. So that's why he's saying, a ruh, the ruh, in terms of its original state, the ruh, its original state is in extreme level of purity. Extreme level of purity. Because it, it's coming from a very pure realm. It's created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not being confused and adulterated in any way. So it's absolutely pure. Then when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings it out with the body into this world, <clears throat> it's, it's supposed to have this knowledge already of what it experienced before. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he had that special occasion, uh, to when he had all the souls witness him, he asked them, Alastu bi rabbikum qalu bala. They said, Of course you are our Lord. So they all confessed to his, his Lordship. Then, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts that ruh into these bodies, which we are right now, that's why we breathe and we speak and we are alive, because we have ruh with our bodies, we have the soul with our bodies. Now, some of these souls, some people meaning, once they've become body, they remember this, or even if they don't remember it, they're convinced by it. Nothing in them makes them reject it. So they're convinced by it, so they say, yes, definitely, you are our Lord. Ashadu an la ilaha illallah, wa ashadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. But then there's others who forget and deny. Maybe most of us forget, we can't remember it. Like, clearly, like, I don't remember experiencing that. But we find it easy to believe. That's why if you get most children, like children in general, if you give them an understanding of Allah, they will accept it. Right? You hardly will see children at a young age, four, five, six, seven, eight, who can't get that idea. It's always going to be later some intellectual arguments that will get somebody to think otherwise. But otherwise, children will never deny God. You hardly ever see that happening. The children can deny God if you teach them to deny God. But what I'm saying is that belief in Allah is so easy for them because they've come from a pure realm, so they can easily understand it. But some do reject, meaning some people who grow up, they reject. So basically what he's saying in this, uh, <clears throat> in this uh, wisdom is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, while you were in alamul arwah, in this abode of the souls, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he 
made you witness His Lordship and His oneness. And you recognized it, you knew it, and you affirmed it before you came in this world. And then He asked you to bear witness to it again. You had already affirmed all of this. Now, when He asks you to do this, are you going to find an innate ability to believe? And which makes it easy for you to believe. So that's what he's talking about. <clears throat> now the other thing you'll see is that if you agree with all of this, then you'll find that praying, you can actually prostrate. Why would you prostrate before anybody else unless you felt some huge benefit coming from them? So that's why you find that your external body, it prostrates to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he's basically saying that, you know, all of the iman that we have and that we express and all the deeds that we do, all of that has been made easy for us because of that original witnessing. Because of the original which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expresses in the Quran. وَإِذْ أَخَذَ رَبُّكَ مِن بَنِي آدَمَ مِن ظُهُورِهِمْ ذُرِّيَّتَهُمْ وَأَشْهَدَهُمْ عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ أَلَسْتُ بِرَبِّكُمْ قَالُوا بَلَا شَهِدْنَا so because of that event that had taken place where Allah made us bear witness, that's why we find doing these things easy in this world. That it makes some sense and we start doing it. <clears throat> that's why what is actually necessary now for a human being, because you know the original experience we had, nobody can, that nobody can deny that you can't, re you can't turn the clocks back on that. That's something which has happened to everybody. Now what's happened is that when you get to the hereafter, we're going to be reminded of that. That will become like, oh yeah, I remember that. And then what we did in this world is also going to be in front of us. And if those two things come together, so if we remember, when we get, when on the Day of Judgment, when we get to remember that we had borne witness in the souls while we were souls only, and then our life is in front of us that yes, we did also bear witness in this world, then we'd be very, very happy because it's like we got the right marks. We got the right answer. And if you reject it in this world, then it's going to be a massive dichotomy. It's like when you know I've done it wrong and I failed. So that's why فَالْوَاجِبُ عَلَى الْعَبْدِ أَن يَكُونَ جَامِعًا بَيْنَ إِقْرَارِ الظَّاهِرِ وَالتَّوْحِيدِ الْبَاطِنِ It's necessary for every human being, it's necessary and obligatory for them to combine between the confession of the external form, which is now, and the bearing witness to the oneness of Allah, Internally beforehand, he caught the in some t in, in this terminology he says, The first was separate when the soul did it, they call that it's done separately. When you do it in the world as well, now you've combined it, now you become a full human being because you've done what's right. That's when a person becomes a full human being when they bear witness to Allah in this world. Because it means that you're just confirming what you knew from before and you're not denying it. So we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for allowing us to do this today. Do you guys remember that experience? No. What about you, Yusuf? No. There's some people who claim they remember it, that's why. There are some minor, minority of people, they claim they remember it. Ammar, what about you? So this is what Junaid al-Baghdadi said. He said, قَدْ تَحَقَّقْتَ بِسِرِّي حِينَ نَاجَاكَ لِسَانِي You affirmed my inner state. 
when my tongue was intimately discoursing with you. So when I said my la ilaha illallah, my adhkar, then basically you've confirmed the fact that you know, my in inside knows, knows of you. This is what Sheikh Abdullah Gangohi explains about this. He says, O seeker of truth, do not think that there is no prior origin and cause. Don't think that there's nothing beforehand, right? And cause for the testimony that you now bear for his unity here on earth and for the worship that you are now performing. This worship that you are now performing and the la ilaha illallah that you now say and so on. Don't think that this all came out of nothing. There's a background to that. There's a history to that. Long ago, Allah Most High demanded that you testify to His unity. He had revealed His unity, meaning His oneness, in the abode of the souls, the realm of the soul, Alam al-Arwah. After your appearance on earth, your spirit was fettered to the material form. So your spirit became connected to this material body of ours and made him the object of worship on account of the spiritual perception it had experienced in the realm of the souls. The reason why we can still call Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala our Lord is because of that experience. Thus the tongue proclaims his unity and his lordship while the other physical limbs of ours by their obedience imply that Allah Most High is the true being to be worshipped and obeyed. That's why we're able to do salat and fasting and everything else. The limbs therefore go into prostration and bowing, while the heart and the other spiritual faculties have the certainty of his uniqueness. And the greater the certainty that you remember, the better will be your prayer and your other external worships. Our external worships are going to be better, the stronger our inside in internal conviction is going to be. Were it not for that prior revelation in the realm of the souls, then in this physical world, the physical body would not have testified to his unity and the heart would not have developed certitude. The similitude for the aforementioned reality is like that, I mean he gives some examples, he says, is like that of a city that you had once visited, seen and then forgotten. I guess, you know, if I think the only way you can probably remember this is that if you were about five, six years old, four, five years old and you visited Bangladesh or Egypt or um, <clears throat> India or whatever it is and you've never been back and now you're 30 years old right now you're reminded and then after that you just lost all contact and everything and then on being reminded of this city you recall it and your heart has certitude of its existence and its description so for example let's just say that you've been somewhere when you're four or five years old right to your village of your ancestors. I'm assuming everybody's from some other place originally, that's why, right? Except Mona Abdullah here. You're from Cornwall or somewhere? Bournemouth. Okay. So now somebody tells you about that little village of yours, which you haven't been, you haven't even thought about for years. And somebody tells you about Tucson, Arizona. Right? Now you can check up Tucson, Arizona online and everything. But your experience in the place you've actually physically been is going to be stronger. Even though you may know, know more about one place than the other. Because you've actually been there. You can maybe recall some smells. Right? I still remember the first time I went to the village, I can still remember the smoke when they're cooking. Because they used to cook using wood. So I still remember 
the smells and the other experiences, right? With everything else, it's just, just knowledge. It's not, it's not haqqul yaqeen, it's not like your personal experience. So that's what he's trying to say, that on being reminded of this city, you recall it and your heart has certitudes of its existence and its description. However, if you had never been, or see, sorry, never seen the city, <coughs> certitude would not develop in that level, at that level. You could still have some kind of certitude, but it won't be deep certitude. Regardless of the efforts of a person to explain it to you It's like, okay, I get it, I get it, that's wonderful, that's great But you can never feel it for yourself uh, uh, One of the good examples of that is You must have seen the Kaaba In pictures and so on so many times The Haram And the people going around Tawaf Then the, if you recall the first time that you went for Umrah or Hajj And the first time that you set your glance on the Kaaba It was probably totally a different experience Like totally different from what you'd seen on videos or anything else. That's what you call a real experience. Right? You know, the, the, the smell in the air, the, the, just everything. Because there's more than just one dimension of looking at something. There's several dimensions that we human beings benefit from. Right? So, <clears throat> certitude, that level of certitude is not possible when the form of a thing is not in one's subconscious mind. And already or already embedded in their imagination. That's why Allah just made it easy for us. By giving us this experience beforehand. That your souls know this. So it's just easier for us to do it. That's why there are a lot of people who find it very easy to become Muslim. Once they cut away all of the, the junk, right? The confusion, the aggression, and all of the mis- uh, Misconceptions and everything It becomes very easy Because it's so natural It's based on that initial experience And people will not be satisfied People will not be happy So in the absence of the spiritual perception Of the souls Certitude would not have been possible On the basis of only rational proofs Of the true one of Allah If somebody gives you all the truth If somebody gives you all Ex, uh, proofs of the existence of God That's good But it's not the same as that experience Complete cert But the problem is right That there's no way to test this From a scientific perspective Because there's no human being Who comes into this world Without having had that experience So you can't take Some human beings who've had that experience And others who've not had that experience And say okay We're going to throw some Evidences of God at you And see if Which one of you accept it because everybody's had it. We believe every human being has had that experience. We can't remember it, but it's, it's conducive, it's in harmony to what we believe. So it becomes easy to believe. To be honest, I think this will only be fully understood in the hereafter. When we actually remember, and inshallah we're still on the faith. That's where we're really going to understand this. Right now it's just knowledge for us. Okay, in the absence of spiritual perception of the certitude would not have been possible. Complete certitude is not based on rational proofs ever. You get a good amount of certitude, but it's not complete certitude. It's only when you actually fully experience something is when you get full... Ex you know, you can be told about this new restaurant in town or this new drink or this new food or chocolate or whatever. And they can, you know, people are going to say, Mmm, that was just so wonderful. You can check these guys, you know, who go around the world testing food. And they make all of these weird... Like, yes, that's really nice and all the rest of it. Bring water into your mouth. But believe me, it's not the same until you taste it. 
right? It is like a lost item that is immediately recognized on sight. I remember that. There's a case of a woman who went from England, right? I was told this story, it's one of the towns up north. She went with her child who was about two or three, I can't remember the exact age, and her child got kidnapped. Right? Her child got kidnapped. And of course they did everything but they couldn't find the child. She had to return. Then about four years or five years later, she goes back. Right? And she sees on the, you know, you come out of the masjid and sometimes you see these children who are begging there. And they have like a lost arm or a broken leg or twisted or something like that. Which is, unfortunately in many cases, actually done purposely. To make them look so pitted, so that people give more. So she goes out, and you you see those you see those you see that not just in there, but you see it in many many countries in the world. You see those, and she sees this kid, and she's like, "This is my child." And now it's there's you know some disability on the child, but she says, "This is my child." It's like, "How can that be your child?" This is my child. I know this is my child. And they, they call the police or whatever and they figured it out and yes, that was their child. Right? After, can't remember how many number of years it was. But that, that was her child. You, you, if it's something you've had experience with, you will generally be able to figure it out. That's Allah gives us that human being, uh, that gives us that understanding. Similar to this, is the like she was convinced this is my child, right? Like this is my child. I don't care what you're, what else you're gonna tell me, but this is my child. So similar to this, it's a heartbreaking story. I remember when I was a flabbergasted when I heard that story that something like that can happen. But obviously, this is the world. Things like that can happen. Similar to this is the perfect certitude in Allah's unity, the messages of His Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and the matters of the hereafter. The Spirit was shown all of these higher realities. When the spirit was imprisoned, now he says that when the spirit, now this soul, is become imprisoned in this material body, it forgot these realities. It forgot these realities that were revealed to it on account of the influences of the physical body and the physical world. There's so many other things that distract us now, so we don't remember that anymore. Until you do enough vicar and so on, you don't have that same emotion. But this is the reality of why the deen becomes easy the closer you get to Allah because you're only going to recognize our Lord even more. So when the spirit was imprisoned in this material body, it forgets the realities that were revealed to it on account of the influences of the physical body and the outside world. The Quran, the Hadith, the Prophets of Allah, they remind men of this reality. They remind look, this is where you came from. This is what it was. If the grace of Allah Most High is directed to the servant, these material veils of the physical body are lifted and the spirit then resumes its original perception. The spirit will figure it out. And the physical body is subservient to the spirit. Hence, it becomes fully involved in obedience once its veils are lifted. And Allah says, And that is the bounty of Allah he grants it to whomever he wishes. So we must be thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has allowed us to say verbally and to show physically something that is in harmony 
to that original experience of ours. And may Allah keep this until our death and only improve it and increase it and enhance it. <clears throat> and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us it, this in even more depth and give us greater servitude, which makes the rest of our life easy for us in the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. اللهم انت السلام ومنك السلام تبارك ذيك الجلال والإكرام اللهم يا حي يا قيوم برحمتك نستغيث اللهم يا حنان يا منان لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إنا كنا من الظالمين يا معدن الجود والكرم يا أرحم الراحمين يا خير المسؤولين ويا خير المعطين We ask you for your special grace يا الله We ask you for your forgiveness O الله Grant us purity and forgiveness from all of our sins, our wrongdoings, our shortcomings, our mistakes. Ya Allah, forgive our excesses. Forgive those sins that bring misery in our lives. Forgive those sins that bring difficulties upon us. Forgive those sins which cause depression, which cause anguish, which, which cause restlessness. O oh Allah, forgive those sins which take away the blessings. Forgive those sins which cause people to oppose and conflict with one another, for hearts to be turned away from one another. O oh Allah, we ask that you reform us. O oh Allah, reform us. Reform our hearts. O oh Allah, reform our lives. O oh Allah, enhance our iman, enhance our certitude and yaqeen. O oh Allah, we ask that you make our insides better than our outsides. And O oh Allah, make our outsides righteous and pious. O oh Allah, remove from us hypocrisy. Remove from us ostentation, show and fame. O oh Allah, grant us sincerity. Grant us your love. Grant us, make us of ardent lovers of you. O oh Allah, fill our hearts with your love. O oh Allah, fill our hearts with the love of all of those things which benefit us in your court. O oh Allah, give us love for your obedience and facilitate it for us. Give us hatred for your disobedience. Give us hatred for everything which distracts us. O oh Allah, we ask that you bless us in all of the things that you've given us. O oh Allah, you have given us abundantly. You've given us more than so many others in this world. Whatever you have given us, do not make it a burden against us. Do not make it a source of punishment against us. Do not make it a source that we use to sin against you. O oh Allah, do not let us sin in any way, especially not by using the very resources that you have provided us. O oh Allah, you have allowed us to come together here. You've given us Iman. You've given us certitude. You've allowed our souls and our bodies to both be in harmony in your worship. O oh Allah, bless all of those who sit here today and all those who listen to this and in the entire Muslim world, especially from the difficulties that so many people are suffering around. O oh Allah, remove these difficulties. Remove this subjugation and this oppression. O oh Allah, protect us from all the harmful things that are out there. Harmful diseases, harmful illnesses. O oh Allah, grant all protection from these things. Grant us protection from all the different types of evil which is out there. Those who seek evil with us, O oh Allah, protect us from them. Deal with those people in the right way. O oh Allah, guide all those who are all those who have goodness in them. O oh Allah, we ask that you guide us and make us the guides of the guided ones. Do not make us the forces of evil. O oh Allah, bless us in all that we do, in our marriages, O oh Allah, in our businesses, in our life, in our teaching, in our studying, in our living, O oh Allah, in our worship especially. And O oh Allah, we ask that you accept us all somehow for the service of your deen. 
and you make us of those who remember you abundantly and who thank you abundantly. Ya Allah, we ask, you are, we ask that you make us of those with good behavior and good conduct. Oh Allah, and we ask that you send your abundant blessings on our messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You grant us his company in the hereafter. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifoon. Wa salamun ala al-mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.